Now we'll go to the book of 1 Kings and we'll back up to chapter 10. 1 Kings chapter 10. And Solomon, you remember Solomon? Now he was a king and he was a son of David. Yep, that's what took him down, but uh, two things took him down. And uh, his horses and his wives. Now the book of Deuteronomy, if you, if you, uh, you know, stock up in horses and stock up in women, it's, it's a curse. It's over. I don't want, I don't really, I, I looked at that and I don't know what the significance of the horses are. But uh, that's what it say. So we're going to Solomon. And remember Solomon started off with good intentions and actually started off real good. But he ended up wrong. And he's a type of the Antichrist in uh, that he, you know, just went astray, went wrong way. Ended up putting the country in captivity and dividing the countries all, all at the same time. But he, the Bible talked about multiplied horses and multiplied women. He's a picture of a man ruling without God. In the end, that's what he did. He ruled, but God went in. That's what the same thing with the Antichrist. And that's where he's a fits a type of it. The Antichrist will rule, but not with God. He'll do it without God. And that's why I put him in as a, as a type of the Antichrist. And we've got a lot of that. You see it all the time. So we want to look over, if you will, to, let's see, chapter number 10. And let's go to verse 14. He's the second person in the Old Testament associated with the number 666. Well, you know that or not. But 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 14 said, Now the weight of gold that came to Solomon in one year was 603 score. That's, uh, amen, you see that? 603 score, what's three score? 60 and six talents. There's your 666. He's a double 66 man on top of that. Down in verse 19, it said the throne had six steps. And the top of the throne was round behind. And there were, were stays on the either side on the place of the seat. And two lions stood beside the stays. And twelve lions. Now twelve is uh, two sixes. See that? And on the other upon the six steps. There was not the like made in any kingdom. So the six steps... And two sixes make six, six, six again. So you see is a double one. You add that. But he's a type of somebody who rules without the touch of God upon their life, without God at all. That's the second one with six, six, six. We'll get another in a little bit. Now slide over to Second Kings. In Second Kings we come to chapters eighteen and nineteen. To find our next candidate of, of who 
as representative and a type of the Antichrist. And his name is Sennacherib. Sennacherib. That may be somebody you hadn't heard of before. But chapter 18 and 19, we'll see that he was and what he did. He's a type of one who sought to destroy Jerusalem. And when you destroy Jerusalem, you're destroying the people of God. And uh, so you you look at that and you see it. And uh, he, he's set out to do that. And God stops him, of course, or, and all that. But look at uh, verse 17 of chapter 18. And the king of Assyria sent Tartan and uh, Rabsaris and Rabshakeh from Lashish to King Hezekiah with a great host against Jerusalem. And they went up and came to Jerusalem. And when they were come up, they came and stood by the conduit of the upper pool, which is in the highway of the fuller's field. And when they had called to the king, there came out to them Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, which was over the household, and uh, Shebna, the scribe, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder. And uh, you, if you'll read on down, you'll find out uh, what they're doing and how uh, Sennacherib, he don't say much in there, but you'll find out what he did if you'll read chapter 17 and chapter 18. I'm not going to get into it, but he's a type of one who sought to destroy Jerusalem. And that's exactly what the Antichrist is going to do. Seeks. He won't do it, but he's going to do the same thing Sennacherib did. Going to seek to destroy Jerusalem or Israel. And then that brings us to another one, Daniel chapter 3. I know you know of very well. Daniel chapter 3. And this is going to be by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. You know about Nebuchadnezzar, don't you? What did he do? He made an image. That's what the Antichrist is going to do. He's going to make an image. So you find that in chapter number uh, 3 and verse number 1. Chapter 3 and 1 says, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was... Now here we are. This is your second or third 666. Three score cubits and the breadth of it six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. You need another six? I'll give you two more. He had uh, six instruments that he played that they had to bow before. And they're found down in uh, verse number five. That at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, ha- uh, harp, cymbal, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship. He's also, if you look at it again, he had uh, six different people. The Bible said in verse 2, the governors, the captains, let's see, he had the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs that were all there. So there's 666 on him too. You find him. He's there. And you got the three Hebrew children in there. They're not a type of the Antichrist. But they're a type of those who 
will go through the tribulation. I just want to throw this in. They will be like the tribulation saints. Amen. To be walking with God and it won't bother them. Amen. Had somebody with them. It's going to be a type of the 144,000 Jews, if you will. So, then I'm just going to use this one, and we won't go to that book, but you can go to the book of Esther. Has a has the people of Haman, Mordecai, Esther. And those are the people in there. And Haman built a gallus. Amen. To try to take down Haman. Uh, uh, Mordecai, excuse me. He built a gallus. And uh, so, but he got defeated on that. And that's a type of the cross. When you build a gallus, it's a type of the cross. The way the devil looks at it. But the cross can be two things. It can be a type of life or it can be a type of death. See what I'm talking about? And so what's happened here, uh, Jesus brings life, but the devil was out for defeat and destroy and destruction. But the cross that's made for life can also become the cross that's made for death because it took out Haman. He was destroyed on it. For those who refuse Christ today are destroyed by the cross. What condemns them? Sin. And so the cross destroys them. People in hell have denied it and the cross has taken them down. That's the only reason they're in hell because they denied the cross. Got it? So the cross delivers those who believe destroys those who do, do not. Now, we're going to look just at a little bit different. That to give you what the Old Testament, and there's probably more in there. You can just look. I got started on this other day and got looking at them, and and I finally just quit. After I got where I just could hear. What was that last chapter I just said the book of Esther. Into in the entire book of Esther. Read it. Good for you. Now, we're going to work, look into another thing today that we are seeing a lot of today, and that's we're living in a land of demonic powers. If you want to call it demonism, I know and I've been told before that, and, I've, I, and I, they're right, I've always preached on demons and devils and those sort of things, but the word demon is not in the Bible. And I was told that demons is a kind word about devils, and I thought, I always, when I heard in my life, you say demons, I, I don't think they're no angel. So whatever you want to call it, demons or devils, sometimes I, I've tried my best to refrain from that and not call them demons because it's not in the Bible. But I still know what demons are. I talked about the rapture, and it's not in the Bible either. So if you want to get in the terminology and I'm not in the place I want to pick and you know split hairs off of little things like that now if it's doctrine wise I'll split hairs of that but that's not doctrine I mean, when you're a demon to me don't you automatically think about devils and yes. demonic spirits you know what demonic spirits are yeah. and uh, when they told me that I went and looked and I thought, no, they don't know what they're talking about. But they did know what they was talking about. I, so I just 
but it's hindered me from that from that day forward and because uh, I was always used to calling them demons but we are in a demonic age where the land is practicing demonism uh, let me just give you this to write this down Satan has a church I'm going to do some comparison so put deep aside Satan does have a church the Bible calls it the, uh, in, the, in the book of Revelation the harlot church That's in the in the tribulation. That's what he's going to have is the harlot church. Somebody said that's Roman Catholicism. Well, we'll uh, let them figure all that out. I'm going to be out of town. It don't really make no difference to me. But Satan does have a church. It's a false church. It's a church of religion. Anything today that we have is a religion is 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 one of the devil's false churches. Many false churches. Matter of fact, he's has his own church. They got a church of Satan started by Anton LaVey in California. They worship on, you know, any. And so he has a, Satan has a bride. You know that? Amen. He, he, he does. He has, a, he has a bride. Amen. And that's his, uh, synagogue of Satan if you will those that follow him so forth and uh, and that's his bride Satan has a cup it's called the cup of devils I didn't give you a scripture reference on these you can't you look them up you got a concordance uh, I've just I've had so much time and I ain't spent on this that I ain't got time to give you all these things you'll have to look for yourself a little bit Satan has a ministry. It's going to be the three and a half years of ministry for 42 months coming up out of the book of Revelation 13. We talked about it a little earlier this morning. Satan has a trinity. It's found in Revelation 16, 13. It's called the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. That's his trinity. Satan has a worship. Amen, because that's what they're going to do in Revelation 13, 15. They're going to fall down and worship him. That's why we said Nebuchadnezzar is a type of the Antichrist, because they had to fall down and worship that image. So this ain't been something new, is it? This ain't been popped up just lately. It's there. We'll do a little bit more contrast and different sense between Christ and the Antichrist. Ready to write again? Christ comes in his Father's name. Satan comes, or Antichrist comes, in his own name. You time to write that down. Then we find that. Christ humbled himself. The Antichrist exalts himself. There's a lot of lot of reason for you to think on those things because he's opposite. Anti is opposite. Alright. Christ despised it was despised and rejected. But when the Antichrist comes, he'll be admired, received, and exalted. 
You ever wonder why them Jews would accept him? Because he's going to offer all kinds of things. Uh, I've noticed this, and we've had a forerunner of this thing coming up. When you have people who lay hands on somebody and they're healed all of a sudden, and we see all these strange things that's happened down through the years. Somebody dies and tells all about heaven. They've had been pulled out of the body and had a different body experience and all that. People love things like that. And people swallow that. But you don't find it in the scriptures. People love it when they see somebody lay hands on somebody and they fall out on the floor. So they call slain in the spirit. But you don't find that happening with them in days gone by. They fill with the Holy Ghost a few times, but that that's before we had a full canon of the Bible. Just a little strange on them things. If it's happening then. Uh, I mean, if it's happening now, why wasn't it happening then? Amen. How many did Christ touch, and uh, they got slain in their spirit? They raised them up. They was dead. They got up and took off. But He didn't go around touching people, watch them fall in the floor. God don't do that. You know. That's not my job. Amen. That's not what what good is it for somebody for a preacher or somebody to lay your hands on you fall out on the floor and wiggle around like an animal. What glory does that bring to God? You see what I'm saying? That's demonic stuff. That's hard for me to get people to see that. They they don't want to believe that. They want to think that's God. That's why they're going to accept that Antichrist. He's done strange things. He'd pull fire down out of heaven. Who in here can pull fire down out of heaven? Amen. Name me a preacher that can do that. I, I, I can name you some. Hey, there's a good one. Elijah was a type of the Antichrist in that sense. He pulled fire down. Isn't that what that's Antichrist going to do? All right. And uh, so you just see all kinds of things. I told you some more in there. All right, Christ uh, ultimately will be, in the end, exalted. And in the end, the Antichrist will be cast into the lake of fire. And then we know that Christ came to do the Father's will. And that's kind of similar to what I said a while ago. Antichrist will come to do his own will. Both have a will, but they're going to follow after their own will. Christ's will is is his Father's will. The the Lord Christ has the spirit of obedience, and the Antichrist has a spirit of rebellion, disobedience. Christ saves. The Antichrist destroys. Christ is a good shepherd. The Antichrist is called the evil or idle shepherd. Christ has a throne. The, the, the Antichrist has the seat of Satan. He has a throne too. Called the seat of Satan. The Christ has the, the, he's the true vine, 
And the Antichrist is called the vine of the earth. Christ is the truth. Antichrist is the lie. John 8, 44. Christ is the Holy One. The Antichrist is the Wicked One that we talked about a little bit earlier. Christ is the Man of Sorrows. The Antichrist is the Man of Sin. Christ is the Son of God. The Antichrist is the Son of Perdition. Christ is the mystery of godliness. And the Antichrist is the mystery of iniquity. That'd make a good study right there. Make us what's the difference between the mystery of godliness and the mystery of iniquity? Christ rides a white horse to conquer. And the Antichrist rides a white horse to offer false peace. Got all that? Gonna run out of paper and ink? Now the next subject we'll work on is the mystery of Judas Iscariot. There's a little mystery there. The mystery of Judas is carried. Take your Bible and turn to the book of John. John chapter 17. And verse number 12. John 17, 12 says... While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that are thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. It's good to know we're going to study about Judas Iscariot. That's who he's talking about here. He calls him the son of perdition. The 17th chapter of John is one of the most sweet chapters of the Bible where that the Lord is praying for all us saints. He's called the son of perdition. He's also called the son of perdition in 2 Thessalonians 2-3 that we read earlier as we started this morning. Look at Acts chapter 1. First chapter of the book of Acts. And we will look at verse number 25. Chapter 1 and verse 25 said that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas, that's Judas Iscariot, by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. We're looking at the mystery of 
Judas Iscariot. He went to his own place. That's not said of anybody else, is it? Where is that? I don't know. I don't know where that is. But in Revelation chapter number 17, verse 8, Revelation 17, 8 says, The beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit. Now we know where it's at, don't we? And go into what? Perdition. We don't know where perdition still is, but we know where he comes from and goes. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. He was, not now, but yet he is. And then I read in verse 11 of that same chapter, 17. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of the seven and goeth into perdition. Judas is carrying son of perdition, and that's where he's gone, his own place. But we look at that. So after reading all that and, and looking at it, and you kind of look at it over while you can figure out that it, it's good sense to say today that Judas probably is the devil in flesh. He's going to be the Antichrist reincarnate. Isn't that what Christ, he's, he's incarnated as, as God in the flesh? Judas Iscariot probably is the devil in flesh. And the reason I say that is there's one more scripture in the Word of God where it said that Satan entered Judas after they had the meal, the supper. said Satan entered Judas. Remember that? And then he went to his own place. So that's just a few things I can give you. I can't give you nothing indefinite. And a lot of people may read between the lines, and I don't like to read between the lines of the Bible. I do, but I don't like to. I want to be pretty sure before I read it. Any questions there? Or more light if you got it. Okay, now let's look at the program of the Antichrist. What kind of person is he going to be? And we'll kind of give you, I'll give you some scriptures on these. Number one, he's going to be an intellectual genius. Let's look at Daniel chapter 8 and verse 23. I'll read that for you. You don't have to turn it, but I'll read it. You can if you want to. And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. And he's talking about the Antichrist here. And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. 
He shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper and practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. And through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. And he shall magnify himself in his heart and by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes. Who's the prince of princes? Jesus. <clears throat> but he shall be broken without hand. So he's, Daniel's telling us here in the 8th chapter about the Antichrist. He's the one that's coming. So he's going to be an intellectual genius. You'll not only be that, but when you get to the 13th chapter of Revelation, you'll find out that he'll be a commercial genius. He'll know how to solve the world problems and in the commercial world, commercial realm. Look at what, what you're seeing. I pick up on these things, and maybe I'm reading between the lines, but I, I got a thing this morning that said, food shortage is, is here to stay. Something of that nature. And it's going to be from one food to another food to another food. And a lot of it is simply because they're blaming it on Russia with they can't get the wheat out of Ukraine and all that, and then they can't get it out of the ports of some Chinese places, and they can't. Uh, matter of fact, they some places won't let uh, things come into their country because Russia they cut them off, won't let them go to Russia with with stuff. Russia won't let. Uh, I mean, they won't let Russia's ships come in to bring things, and and, and they're talking about. This is all planned. They think they're doing, they're going to run the world and get it just where they want it to be and make a utopia out of it. That's what the world thinks today now. This is Dillsology. But see if I ain't right. That's what going. So what's going to happen is food shortages is going to get worse. Gas is going to hit out the ceiling. And it's already getting there. And it's, it ain't too many right now planned on staying at home any more much than they were. But some have already had to cut back. Tomorrow, more will cut back. A month later, as it keeps climbing, more will cut back until this thing is going to get out of hand so much you you can't go to the grocery store because some things ain't got that you can't get it or you have to look around from four or five different grocery stores to find what you want. Does this make sense? So, that is right. They're going up on it, making the bottles smaller than the and the price is higher. Uh, just like I'm a fussing this morning about the biscuits over there and, and, and places. I even thought about, I think I'll go somewhere else start getting my biscuits. Then uh, then uh, you go to them places and they have the same problem. You can't get help. That ain't going to get no better. People, you got kids in them things that are working now. They, they can't even figure out what's going on. I told that fellow at the registry, I said, now listen to me very carefully. You've got a computer and you punch it in. Put it in correctly. He said, you want me to read it back? I said, no, I want you to put it in the sack like I ordered it. But you better read it back to make sure you got what I want. He said, all right. But anyhow, I'm telling you, you're going to see all that happening and it's happening every single day. So they're putting a squeeze on us day after day. The devil's doing this. He's the Antichrist sitting back in the shadows. He's doing this. 
His plan, he's got it figured out exactly what he's going to do. But he ain't going to accomplish all that. He's short-lived. We know he's short-lived. But when the church is called out of here, somebody's going to have to answer. Somebody's going to step in when they figure out what we're going to do with food, what we're going to do with gas, what we're going to do with economy, what are we going to do with transportation, what are we going to do with electricity. What are we, we've got to have some kind of solution. And that's where the Antichrist is going to do. He's going to be an intellectual feller. He's going to know those things. Commercial, he know, he's going to know how to... Military, he's going to be a military genius. I believe that with all my heart. He's going to know how to put people where they need to be put, place it around, and this one world system is the way they're going to do it. He'll be a he'll not be a general of the United States Army. He'll be the general of the world. You understand what I'm saying? That's where it's going. I've said that for years and years and years, and uh, people didn't pay much attention. Short, but now it's 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 around the corner. It's around the corner, and I'm not preaching something that's not biblical. If it wasn't biblical, I wouldn't want to preach it. No, but I'm saying that's where it's at. So he'll be a military genius, and then on top of that, he'll be a religious genius. He'll be able to put all. Well, matter of fact, when the church is going out of here, there won't be nobody left. But those who don't know Christ, it's going to be easy to get a one-world religion. Don't have to know much, right? They'll have a counterfeit religion. Them hundred forty-four thousand going to mess it all up. They're going to start pre preaching Christ and His blood. Amen. And they're going to say, they're going to be a thorn in the flesh of the world. And they won't be able to do a thing in the world with them. God will protect them. So you see where we are? And then at the same time, He's going to be sitting in the temple of God desiring man's worship. Looking for it. Now, He's once going to introduce what I call the brand of hell. That's that mark of the beast. Everybody talks about. You take it, you go to hell. That's what you do. You lose your life and then go to hell too. Or you have to hide and get killed. Ain't no other way around it. You can't change your mind. You ever take a mark? A mark? It's over. You sold your soul to the devil. You can't get people to see that today in the things that we got now. If you're going to stand for something, stand for it if it takes your life. That's the kind of life I've tried to live down through the years. It ain't easy. I could have a lot more today if I'd have went right down the middle. If I was going to stay in the preaching world, and back and I am, but I'm talking about if I was going to present myself to be in the preaching world, I'd have joined the Southern Baptist Church and got... To and I, I believe I'm smart enough that I could have passed the big churches and they could have put the good money into that uh, associational fund for me and I'd be living it up right now and wouldn't even be a preaching one bit. Making money. There's a lot of them doing it right now. So I'm not in it for... for, uh, for Filthy for, lucre. That's right. <laughs> uh, but I'm in it to tell the truth. What I'm talking about today is stuff people don't want to hear, won't hear it, and uh, not not they're just not excited about it. But I still won't tell it anyhow. So 
the mark of the beast. Church will be gone. I said this over and over and over. And uh, you you know, the reason people are not concerned about the mark of the beast today and can't figure out what it is is they can't separate the two items today called the church uh, and uh, the Jewish nation. Now the Jews and the Gentiles are made one. I've read that over and over and over in the scriptures. They're made one in the church. Outside the church, no. Jews in the Old Testament, Gentiles in the New, and this is getting into another message that I'm fixing to preach, so we just I want to kind of just kind of cut it short. But and get but I'm what I'm trying to tell you is you view them different and you place yourself with the with the Jew and in the tri- tribulation you're going to get in trouble the church is already foreordained of God to be taken out of here we're not staying we're the bride he's coming after the bride you can just count on that after the church is raptured then there will be three and a half years of prosperity and uh, in every area of life because this intelligent guy called the Antichrist is going to have the solutions and after the church is caught out of here I believe that the change will be made to the thought after he comes out on the scene we're glad that we got rid of that bunch of uh, religious folks got called out of here our country's never been I told you there's what the problem was with our country and they'd sing that song for three and a half years and the Antichrist will break that thing and you'll see the Abomination of desolation rise up in Revelation. I mean, in Matthew twenty-four, and then they're going to have to hide for their lives, and that covenant's broke. And uh, just like three and a half years, Christ had his ministry, and at the end of that three and a half years, Judas Iscariot betrayed him, and the Antichrist will betray Israel. And break that covenant. Isn't it amazing how all that lines up with the scriptures? It's just like a piece of puzzle, brother. I, I get excited about it. And then they're going to set out to destroy Israel and come down to the Battle of Armageddon. Hitler thought he had the solution to all the world's problems. You know what it was? Kill the Jew. Get rid of them. The world thinks right now, get rid of the Jew and get rid of the Christians, and we'll be all right. It's the same old thing that's been down through the ages going on. Amen. Herod tried to kill the children. I mentioned this Wednesday night, and uh, so did Pharaoh. He done all that. But the Antichrist will determine to kill the Jew and all the Jews, not just one of them, all of them. Amen. Then the Lord's going to ride out feed them. Amen to the birds. And there'll be a lot of people in, in the in the trivia. See, people say, well, I just, yeah, I just won't have to have that old mark. Well, you can't buy, you can't sell. What if your kids have a toothache and you can't take them to the dentist because the dentist won't, you ain't got a mark, you can't see a dentist, you can't see a doctor, can't get no medicine, can't get no food, you can't buy nothing, you can't sell nothing. You're doomed. So, when you when your kids are crying in the middle of the night, with hurting, 
There'd be a lot of people take a mark and just get get some help for their child. You can't work on a job. You take take the mark so you can make a living. That's coming. Not to me. I'm, I'm trying to say, for the last two years, we done figured that out. The Lord hasn't left us here ignorant. He hasn't left us here without seeing things. He's, uh, he's telling us there's going to come a famine and a, 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 a loaf of bread's going to be the uh, what a day's wages. That's coming. Not to me. But to any of you might not get going, you know. Not get out of here. But I'm glad, thank God, I know I'm leaving. All right. So we just keep on looking. Amen. I believe we're fixing to say, or they are, I'm going to be going to see the darkest days of all human history. The tribulation. Be the darkest time. The last three and a half years will be the darkest hours. These are Bible facts. And God tells us that. Amen. And uh, so I've just looked at it and seen it. Been three big deliverances. I think I touched on this Wednesday night. Been big, three big deliverances of the Word of God. Israel coming out of Egypt. They come out through the blood. Amen. So you see it. And then there's been the second one is when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary and opened up the middle wall of petition. And uh, made us a new way. You know, we are in a new way today. And next will be uh, the rapture of the church. Amen. Read one more thing and I'm going to close. Revelation 19. I wouldn't want to quit without giving you this one right here. Revelation 19, verse 11. Revelation 19, 11, And I saw heaven open, and beheld a white horse. He that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name was called, or is called, the word of God and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen white and clean and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he should rule them with a rod of iron and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of almighty God and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written king of kings and Lord of Lords, and I saw an angel standing in the sun. He cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together under the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, and of the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of, of all men, both free and and bond 
both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken. And with him, notice here, the false prophet that brought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive, cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. I find his end. That's not the complete finish of him, but I find what God's going to do with him after the tribulation. Amen. Any questions?